cuddled. We're back again. Again. <laughs> Another hiatus, but we are here. It was Can't get rid of us. <laughs> yeah. Sorry you were back. So, so sorry. Um, I feel like we should probably give a special shout out to our pal Lakin. Oh, dude. Uh, 100%. <laughs> Lakin is now, oh, we didn't discuss with her a title of what she wants to be, but she's now the person that's going to make this podcast happen when we can't make it happen. Yeah, Beck and I had this realization a couple weeks ago that um, our personalities are similar in the sense of that we're big dreamers, we have good vision, (laughs) we can talk a lot, Um this is super fun but we're very bad at like consistency and actually doing it (laughs) so we found a pal Lakin yeah you guys know her we all love her um she is very good at getting things done and she's good at coming alongside people when they need (laughs) to get things done Yes, we now get so. gentle reminders from Lincoln <laughs> to post and record and bless her. <laughs> Everyone, uh, shout out Lincoln, um on our comments when you comment and see our posts because she is what made this week happen. <laughs> yeah. We for sure were just going to ride off into the sunset. <laughs> out with a bang. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Katie, it's been a few weeks <laughs> since we last chatted. Sure oh has. God. Um, what's been rattling you lately? What's, what's new in your life? Um, well, not much is new. Uh, COVID's still kicking, so we're still, still ripping the, hanging out with the house. That's really fun. Um, a new thing is I started personal training. Ooh. very fun and horrible <laughs> at the same time um so that's been kind of rattling because I thought that I was like pretty fit I'm not <laughs> like there's new parts of my body that hurt every day <laughs> that mm-hmm. I didn't know existed so new muscles um maybe that's like a good rattle though yeah maybe there's an example of a good rattle that I haven't had one yet but <laughs> it's like rattling in the moment but you feel okay at the end yeah yeah um yeah but nothing too crazy to report um feeling very thankful to not be in Alberta Ontario I feel so sad for all my egg pals Mm -hmm. thinking of yeah yeah I mean we're not doing like that much better but it's still hard to see yeah pals be in a really tough spot yeah yeah, so that's me. What about you, Becca? Um, also, nothing crazy going on. Um, Rachel and I might have to move out in a few months, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, I went on a blind date last week. <laughs> that was interesting and fine. Um, I also have a positive rattle, though, now that you say you had a positive rattle. Okay, what is that? Um, I, this might be a little bit nerdy, but I started listening to this podcast um, called Switched on Pop, and it's a podcast about pop music and what, like, they, like, deconstruct pop. 
records and tell you why they're really good. So, um, yeah, they had an episode with Julia Michaels released this week, who I really like her music. She just released a new album, her first like full length album. And it's so good. Like the album itself is so good. And then I got positive, really positively rattled because she told a little bit of a story about how her and her boyfriend um, like got together and they like fell in love because they collaborated on a song last year together. And it's so cute. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I remember that Switched On Pop did an interview with him like a few weeks ago. So then I went back and listened to their episode with him and it's just the cutest thing in the world. He talks about how they fell like madly and deeply in love with each other when they wrote this song together. Oh my so gosh, <laughs> love is real. I know, it like really made me believe in humanity today. I was like, wow, I feel like we're feeling big things together and this is really nice. <laughs> I just believe in love again. <laughs> it's good to hear some like fun, nice stories happening. Yeah. You guys did it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Congratulations. So, he like, you guys should listen to the podcast episodes, but the synopsis is that he was hanging out with some friends and uh, they were listening to one of Julia Michaels EPs. And he was like, Julia Michaels is like the most influential songwriter in our generation. She's so awesome. And then he just like tagged her in an Instagram story saying how awesome she is. She replied, and then they chatted. They're like, we should write a song together. And then they fell in love. <laughs> so that's the most beautiful thing in the world. <laughs> is, it the, is it the song, like, if the world were ending, you'd come over it? Is it that one? Yeah. Yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah, they And I was like, they did. They did. Like, that. Oh, <laughs> I, I know, love that. That's so good. <laughs> yeah, so... um I'm now Julia Michaels and J.P. Sachs' like biggest fan because it's the cutest story in the world. Yeah, next tattoo we're going to get. True. <laughs> yeah, Katie and I were just talking about our tattoo plan, so <laughs> there you go. Add it, add it to the book. Um, well, yeah, that's what's rattling me in a positive way. Uh, this week's topic, Katie has been on our books for a long time and we're finally getting around to it. Um, The topic of hipster churches, celebrity pastors, mega churches, all that, all that good stuff. Um, (laughs) There's a lot to unpack. It was like each could be their own podcast episodes probably, but um, yeah, like let's dive in. I guess what, what rattles you Katie about any or all of those topics yeah um so many things um I think like I never like I always like thought of like celebrity pastors like oh that's just like an American thing and I remember there's like I'm pretty sure there's like a Netflix show or something on like celebrity pastors with like their mansions and their their cars and stuff and I was like that's Mm. whack I can't believe that's a thing that like is real um and then I've like slowly realized how like celebrity pastors are everywhere even if it's like not in like multi-million dollar churches but in you know your local cities and and all those things and 
I think in the beginning had like very mixed feelings about celebrity pastors. Like I was like, Oh, like that's cool. Like God's using this person to like reach like hundreds and hundreds of people. Like, I feel like that's fine. Like I never really thought much about it. And I think the more that I've been like digging into stuff past couple years, I'm just like, Ooh, this just like not sit with me well. And I think mm-hmm. part of that started from following uh preachers and sneakers yeah uh if you don't follow them you should it's some pretty good comedy he recently like it was anonymous before and he recently like revealed his identity and um it's been very fun to like see the man behind the account um but basically that account is just like he posts um pictures of pastors sneakers or clothing that like and how much they are like thousand five thousand dollar shoes or ten thousand dollar like gucci belt kind of thing um but he has the most hilarious like captions like they're so (laughs) funny um and i think like i've listened to a couple podcast episodes of his and he like his intent wasn't trying to like be mean or like rip people apart but just to say like hey like is anyone else wondering why like these people have like this kind of like money (laughs) Mm -hmm. especially when they're like that's people's money given to them to pay their salaries um and so that's created a lot of dialogue I think in in this conversation so that's kind of what stemmed it like helped fuel that for me and then um I think my final like tip of the iceberg as you will (laughs) um was this year when uh when Donald Trump was running for office again. Ooh, um, ooh, I haven't said his name in a so, so long. long. <laughs> we pause for a second because I just I'm not okay <laughs> having a reaction. So gross. Like I'm I'm getting red. <laughs> um anyways, he who must not be named was uh this is when he was in office and he was doing a campaign and then all these like very famous evangelical pastors and worship artists like came to the the white house and like took this like picture with him like bethel and hillsong and like all these other guys um and i just remember feeling like very disgusted and it's very like illegal to influence your congregation on how to vote um and i would say if you're preaching and teaching the gospel of jesus i think it makes it pretty clear of like who you should vote for and who you shouldn't vote for if you're like Mm -hmm. aligning those principles um and i think like that kind of picture just it's a huge statement of people backing up him and saying he's a man of god and like god is using him and he's supposed to be in office because that represents like christian values Mm -hmm. and um, they weren't saying that overtly but as they say a picture says a thousand words (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that was the moment where I was like I need to delete literally every every Bethel album off my phone (laughs) and I can't do this (laughs) um which sounds like very extreme but I just I couldn't I'm like man like that's just that's just sus I doesn't sit well with me um that like so political Mm -hmm. like it just feels very gross and especially when it's like that man helped put kids in cages you know and I and then I don't know I can't give money to that like I can't Mm -hmm. give my money to that and Mm -hmm. so I think that kind of like 
pushed me a bit over the edge to really critically think about influences that I was listening to, like even like uh, theologians and um, pastors or podcasts that I was listening to and um, realizing like, oh, like there's a lot of really corruptness in a lot of these people that have been hidden for a long time or they've been, they've come up, but like they have too much power and victims' voices aren't heard or they're just like Mm -hmm. hidden. Um, And yeah, and it's not to say that like, I think God still uses things and like brings it together and like I don't want to say it's like all bad but I think it's coming to a bubbling point now where it's like there's just too much dirty laundry that's <laughs> that can't be hidden anymore and it has to be dealt with so yeah all that to say I um really went from like zero to hundred in this topic <laughs> and um yeah it, it rattles me in a negative way quite a bit and I just I don't know how you can do the mega church mega pastor thing well and healthy like I I actually don't think it's possible like I think you can do it well for a while and have your have the best intentions and like I'm not I think a lot of people who do that like you know have good hearts behind it and like have a good vision but I just think like power corrupts and when you have that much power like yeah there's no one to hold you accountable and so there's really dangerous things that can happen out of that that were never intended but that's like how it happened so yeah that was a lot of a little rant there but that's kind of where <laughs> my processing has been <laughs> and where I've landed mm-hmm. um yeah what about you Becca or do you have anything to like <laughs> yeah, add that's on? Such a big topic um yeah I think it I I'm still trying to wrap my head around like what my thoughts are. Um, I'll start by saying like when you're talking about like your processing is making me think about just my like perspective on a lot of things, not just church and not just like faith things, but like kind of the way that I've tried to live my life in the past couple years has done this like shift from trying to align myself with like power and um yeah bigness um and then on my way to going small slow um intentional so I think that that's sort of the framework that I'm coming at this from is like, this is just something that I've tried to do in my life. And I'm in the journey of like shrinking the reach of the things that I associate myself with. Um, So yeah, um, all I've really known in church in my Christian life is a mega church. Um, I went to a smaller church as a child, but I wasn't, I wouldn't consider myself a Christian back then. So yeah, what I loved about going to a mega church was I'm an extrovert. So the amount of people there, very energizing for me. Um, feeling like I'm a part of something big 
is very like exciting um bringing people to something that I can be like look how like well they execute this thing or like um look at how like put together this church is it's not like those like sad like boring churches like this is a cool exciting church where they do everything with like high degree of excellence like that was sort of the thinking that I had um but I think yeah as I've thought more about what faith means to me and then what like faith community means to me I think that a mega church doesn't fit into that anymore like I that's why I love what you do with like garage church it's like that's what I'm like inspired by that's what I think like doing faith together is and doing like Christian community is um and yeah I agree like I'm sure like God still uses mega churches like I was baptized in one um I grew a lot in my faith but um yeah I think for me like where I'm at it's just it doesn't align with my values anymore in the same way same way of what you're saying like um yeah, I think I've learned a lot and become a lot more passionate about like commercialization and capitalism <laughs> and all the ways that um, both of those things just don't, don't, um, they're not Christ-centered like methods of living, I think. So I think that's sort of like my big thought about these three topics is like commercialization, capitalism, power building, um, trying to align myself with like a powerful um, like institution is just not my vibe anymore. And I think it is dangerous. Um, like you're saying, like when things get too big or whatever you like lose sight of um what is you're really trying to do then like abuse happens that we've seen and um corruption happens and all sorts of stuff that is like fruit that's not christ-like even though the institution says that they follow jesus so they're very, those are very general and non like tangible thoughts, but yeah, I think that's my big, like, this is why I don't agree with this anymore. Yeah. I think when like something that came to mind when you're speaking, it sounds like you're processing in terms of faith and maybe this is going to sound like very millennial of me to say, <laughs> but a very minimalist approach to things now, like just stripping things to like the basics of what they should be mm-hmm. removing like the shininess and the sparkle of whatever it is like the product essentially and mm-hmm. I feel like that's like a big part of these like what church especially in western culture has become it's very it's very much a product that we consume where faith isn't supposed to be that like faith is supposed to be this living 
relationship that's you're receiving and you're giving and it it isn't something that you just like take in on a day and then you kind of go on your way and I liked when you were talking about like yeah just like bringing it down to like what is it really about and I don't know the thought of minimalism came to came to mind and even when you're like and I know that you're really like passionate about like ethical clothing and sustainability and and those things and I think that's really important too and I think that's very kingdom minded (laughs) and king and a value of the kingdom Mm -hmm. and and those don't really like align with mass production and million dollar like sets and clothing and merch and whatever like those two don't like fit together Mm. it's just crazy the more that you like dive into these things and you see um you see it for like what it is and it just like can't align with the gospel yeah unless you're like truly 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 trying to like be as ethical and as you can which yeah if there's if there's a mega church out there like doing that like would love to learn more about them and like hear hear them out and stuff but I just have a hard time seeing that I don't know yeah yeah it's making me like think of a metaphor to ethical fashion um so (laughs) I'm gonna say it and then maybe it'll make sense or maybe it'll be like that was dumb but um also to like preface this like conversation about ethical consumption and stuff I'm like I still cruise like H&M and I still like shop at fast fashion places um but it's a journey anyways I think (laughs) it's making me think of like um ethical to me ethical and sustainable fashion is like um the only way to like honor other people in like our consumption of things. I'm also reading this book called Braiding Sweetgrass, which is incredible so far um, by an indigenous author. Um, She's also like a biologist, but she talks a lot about like our relationship to the land and like, um, like reciprocating gifts that the land gives us. So I think in the same way, like the way that I clothe myself or the things that I buy, not just clothing, um, the way that I like purchase them is a gift or at least like equitable reciprocation back to whoever like made it. So I would really rather buy um, like a shirt for like $60 if I know that whoever made it is being paid a living wage versus like spending $5 at H&M for like a similar shirt and it's still gonna clothe me and it's still gonna like maybe help me like like live my life because I can wear clothes but like as you follow down the line it's maybe not like as giving back to the person who made it so man this conversation like went in a completely different direction than I thought it would but like comparing that to 
like small church mega church like mega church sure it'll still like clothe me and they'll still like let me learn and like help me be like a christian in the way that h&m still clothes me and like lets me live my life but it doesn't like reciprocate the like relationship or yeah community in the same way that a small church does um which like yeah just to me values like yeah relationship and reciprocation and slowness and intentionality and all those things better than a mega church would I don't know did that make sense yeah it did I really actually I really love that (laughs) (laughs) that's a great analogy (laughs) yeah just it's like the cheaper version of like what you're looking for which is ironic because you know more money is spent in the other yeah but but that I think is like the bottom line is like faith is supposed to be a very simple thing around Mm. a table of close friends and you look at like Jesus's life and he didn't have like a thousand people following him at one time he had his small group of friends that he knew really really well and did like everything together with and I I don't think it's possible to do that with like more than what he did totally and I think we've experienced that like in our um volunteer roles of like there's been seasons where I've like mentored like I was trying to mentor like 25 plus girls at one time and I was like you're just getting like a little piece of me because I like I I've got nothing left to give versus like just having really close relation with like three you know three kids and how much more rich that is and how deep that is when you have more time to give to someone yeah yeah exactly it's also making me think of like trend cycles and like when I buy a $60 shirt I can like feel the quality and I like can feel the craftsmanship in it and I know it's gonna last a really long time um as opposed to like a $5 shirt like probably will go out of season in three months Um, I feel like I need to buy the new shirt in three months. It doesn't last very long. It like sits in my closet. I have to throw it away eventually because it's out of style. Like all those things so reflect like how I think community is supposed to be like, like you're saying, you can like feel the difference in quality when you're just like giving all of yourself and receiving all of the people that you're with. Yeah. Wow, the clothes analogy works wow. perfectly for this. Also, I'm wearing an H&M shirt right now, and I'm very, very ashamed. No, don't be ashamed. I have, like, three things in my shopping cart from H&M right now, so. Don't, I'm trying to be dreamy. better. Um, Jessica um, made a little thing on it for me, though. There you go. You can't see it because you guys are listening, but she <laughs> stitched little waves on my shirt and wrote shoddy underneath <laughs> it because she hates when I say shoddy in public. Because <laughs> my favorite thing to do last summer was just to yell that out loud, just to embarrass her. Shoddy. Shoddy. 
anyways sorry not to, yeah, no. not to deter but again like <laughs> and I think this like goes well with the church conversation too like it's not to say that you can never like if you buy from H&M you are of the devil like if you go to a mega church God is not using you at all like I don't think that's true there's like a journey to be had I think and there's like value to be found from those places but to me like I just don't think that that is how we as North Americans can best like resemble who Jesus is in our consumption behaviors (laughs) mic drops and mic drops mic drops yeah go off Becca (laughs) no that was great it's true it's all about I don't know it's not about shaming people into things with all these conversations I think it's good to recognize like like when you do feel shame like what is that coming from because I think that's important to like wrestle with and that's not a bad thing necessarily I think it gets dangerous when you sit in it and you can't get out of it um but like you said like it's just a journey a journey of being more like Jesus (laughs) yeah which is really difficult yeah especially when you thought it was this certain way and certain path and you're recognizing that like oh actually it means a lot of more different things than that and it's very like it isn't yeah it isn't like a one day one week one year kind of thing but like what's this like what are small things that like get you to that point Yeah, exactly. It's a journey. Just it's a journey. journey. Where's your little uh, signboard? What does it say? <laughs> oh, 2021. Love that journey for me. I love that journey for me. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> um, today, today we're going to do something a little bit different, but a little bit fun. We're going to introduce a new well it's the same segment but we're gonna name this segment where we talk about what you all submitted to us um katie do you want to share a little bit about how we came to the segment name yes i do so (laughs) this segment which we will introduce in a moment because of course back and i have to be synced up when we say it um was coined by our One of our two most faithful, actually, there's a lot of faithful listeners, so I don't want to say that, but um, two that always give us such great, 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 great uh, responses. And both of them said hot take and gave us their hot take. So that was Connor and Maddie. Shout out to you guys. And so, (laughs) so then we decided that we are going to introduce this segment as hot it's really hard to sync with people over zoom should we try that one more time to see what to work with i also like saying it (laughs) okay Okay. i'll kind of see out on the screen okay hot take not hot cakes Hot takes. Not hot cakes. <laughs> Not hot lakes. Hot takes. 
Hot takes. <laughs> Rattled so hot takes, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna talk like this the rest of the Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my watch just gave me 10,000 steps because of all the dancing Ooh. I was just doing. But <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> These are the piping hot takes that you all send to us when we put a question on our Instagram (laughs) and we're going to go through them and we're going to chat about them because y'all always have interesting things to share. So should we start off with the two namesakes of this uh, segment? Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, should we start with Fresh Dot Eddie, <laughs> aka Connor? <laughs> Connor. Hopefully, we are okay to out you like that. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> we can't afford a lawyer, so please don't sue. Yeah. Hope your um, uh, profile is private on Instagram. <laughs> um. Yeah. Our pal says, "Hot take. All three give off big cult energy." yeah (laughs) yeah one time and by one time I mean like pretty recently I looked up like definition of cult and it was (laughs) I was there with you when you did that oh yeah you were it was pretty concerning yeah checked off a lot of those boxes hey yeah yeah we're thinking about these these kind of things um yeah I would agree especially like was it you, Becca, or maybe one of our episodes, or maybe, a, I don't know, man, we, we send each other things all the time, so <laughs> in the plethora of things that we've been talking about, but even the idea of, like, you, because this is, like, a common thing that I found even at, like, a mega church that I went to in Edmonton, it was, like, a big spiel was, like, if you want to belong here, if you want to find community, you need to serve here, and, mm-hmm. and I'm, which like I get the like it is a natural way to kind of meet people if you want and like get plugged in that way but I just feel like that like the only like it's a very shaming way to say like the only way that you're gonna find like community is if you give your whole life to this thing yeah and I don't think that's how that should should roll so yeah that gives me big cult energy totally yeah and especially with celebrity pastors like all I don't want to say all the Christians I know but many Christians I know including I used to do this um like uh love to put their money on like bet on a horse like which of the mega churches do you love the most (laughs) like mine's always been Elevation Church I love their worship music well maybe past tense I haven't listened in a long time um so I'd be like oh I'm like an elevation person or like people would be like whatever Bethel person or maybe it's like your own church but it's very cultish in that you're like oh I like I'm gonna identify myself (laughs) with this organization like so interesting my name is Giddy (laughs) I identify with a song (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm a Taurus. <laughs> Maybe we should put that in our bios. <laughs> <Yes>. Kidding. 
That's funny. <laughs> um, uh, another friend of ours said, most of them tend to be a cult around personality with very little to do with Jesus. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Which, um, does that not ring a bell of a recent presidential candidate? <laughs> who must not be named anymore yeah one too many times (laughs) yeah totally cults of personality is like a good yeah way to describe it yeah 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 even like it's a style too right like if you're this place is more charismatic or it's more like loud which i'm not like saying that's necessarily a bad thing but i think you're right like it's a very like identity kind of thing and then I think that's like here's something that's kind of funny. Um, it rattled me at first when I when my aunt told me this, but then, man, my aunt's a wise woman. <laughs> she was cause she, so she um, was Catholic, and we were talking about like evangelical churches, and she's like, "Yeah, the reason why I decided to Catholic is because like evangelical churches just have so many like denominations. Like it's kind of like pick your favorite club." and like where you fit in the most yeah and I was like oh that's a really good point actually like you kind of go to a church that you feel like you fit in the most with but I think that like actually is pretty harmful when you think about um what the body of Christ is supposed to be and it's supposed to be full of people that are really different and and I think that's maybe I don't know this this is just speculation I have no education (laughs) or stats on this but um but like I feel like that's what encourages and fosters division is when you just separate people into like oh you think like that so you go here you think like that you go here and I'm like guilty of that too because it's easier for me to hang out with people that like are more liberal and more progressive than it is for me to hang out with people that are really conservative um but there is but we're supposed to live in that tension Mm -hmm. and I feel like that's why we can't argue well is because we just decide to go to what's easiest is to Mm -hmm. not like somewhere that fits our kind of personality or expression Mm -hmm. that was a verbal process moment for me just now so (laughs) i love to see it (laughs) whoa (laughs) no i agree for sure it's it is ironic that there's like denominations in the christian faith (laughs) Like, yeah, I don't know the history behind it, honestly, but it's just funny when you look back on it. <laughs> when you look back at I it. I think we can all church agree. History. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can. Anyways, back to Maddie. <laughs> My sister said, hot take. hot take, the Pope is just like the most official celebrity pastor. <laughs> honestly I was kind of disappointed by the pope like he was so good up until he axed lgbtq plus rights so yeah I was like bro you're doing so well yeah and then you did that maybe the next one (laughs) yeah maybe the next one how do this is probably not the space to like ask this question but how do popes like it's not a democracy is it like there's voting that happens with smoke but then like how often what is like the um <laughs> what is the time in office for a pope <laughs> is it Honestly, until he Becca, dies? no i don't i actually like wrote a paper on this in school oh you did and i can't yeah i can't for the life of me though remember 
Oh gosh. Like, I think I wrote it and then it, it just initially went away, this information. Okay, if you know this But it is quite a process. That's all I remember. It's quite a process. Yeah, I know there's something about like kind of voting with like smoke or something like that. <laughs> Let's just do a quick Google. Okay. How to be a Pope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can I start my campaign for a Pope right now? No, I'm a woman. They would never... All right, folks, you didn't ask for it, but this is what you're getting today. Oh, <laughs> sorry, you can cut this out if you want, Becca, but I just found the wiki how 14 steps to become a pope. Yes, this is what I with, need. With pictures. <laughs> um, so the first, you become Catholic. Checks okay. out. Two, consider your calling. Being a priest is not just a job, it's lifestyle. Okay, yeah, checks out. Three, you take a leadership role. Okay. So we're doing good here. Yeah. Um, Four, get an education. You need specific education training to become a priest. Continue learning. Six, choose the right education. Oh, wait, so my design education is not going (laughs) to... Maybe, though. (laughs) Um, Then you have to become an effective priest. (laughs) Um, that's a step (laughs) yeah yeah you do and then you have to hone your people skills makes sense wait what's I feel like we're halfway through the steps already and we haven't even made it to the election process I know then you become a bishop okay here's where it gets real then you become a cardinal Ooh. a cardinal is a bishop who is chosen by the pope to receive the special designation. The Pope selects the archbishops to serve as cardinal as those... And then so many words I can't pronounce. Um, then you prepare for nomination. So since a new Pope is usually only cho- chosen every few decades, it is important to be prepared. Wait, wait, okay. Can we pause? <laughs> wait, every few decades? Like, is there not a pre-selected amount of years? This is just what Wiki Howe is telling me. Every few decades? Oh, shit. Um, then you have to understand the conclave. Clave. I'm so sorry if I'm saying these things are wrong. I should also just go ask my roommate. <laughs> <laughs> <Mike>. Um, <laughs> And then... Oh, we should have Mike on. To talk you get the most votes. Okay, so apparently you get voted. You have to win the votes. Okay, do I have to then campaign? You- yes really yeah it sounds like it cool anyways you feel free to edit that out becca that was <laughs> we'll get back into it i think that was i think that was a good detour <laughs> thanks maddie <laughs> so anyways that's the start of hot takes thanks connor and madeline for the namesake <laughs> hot takes <laughs> Um, ready the next, next one? one is quick and it's just mega churches I can't <laughs> <laughs> I've written a paper about this eye roll emoji <laughs> um, yeah I would love to read this paper <laughs> me too you should have sent it just before we talked about <laughs> it yeah. I would have helped with this process <laughs> true true <laughs> um, yeah no that's it. it sums it up pretty well <laughs> another good another good one-liner and from the feedback is 
trendy churches are spendy churches i want that as a t-shirt i know i didn't say i said that i didn't want any more like merch but i want that as a shirt it's pretty good trendy churches are spendy becca we can get that for the pod (laughs) yeah it's funny that i went off about consumerism and then i'm like buy our merch yeah but we're choosing local so yeah also we're not we're not gonna go buy some like Gucci slippers with our, uh, our the money we make off this podcast. <laughs> you mean the money we lose off this podcast? Yeah, you rest assured, we're not buying Gucci slippers. No, with your money, we're anyway. negative money here, but we do it because we love it. Pandemic, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Um, should we do this three slash four parter? Yeah. Okay. So it goes like this. I literally read all three of those and got triggered. (laughs) What I can think is the culture of colonization and the church is those things. Staying trendy and keeping with the status quo upholds white supremacy. Okay, rant over. (laughs) Then she says, actually, I'm back, LOL. I also want to say it's a very complex situation, which is true. Yeah. Yeah, I like, I would like to dive into the, how it upholds white supremacy. I think that would be a a fun little tangent to go on. Yeah. Take us away, Katie. (laughs) I was like, for you, Rebecca. Just still thinking and processing. Oh. I do not disagree. <laughs> yeah, no, I think like, and this is something that I would love to just get more knowledge on is like the history of churches in North America. But from what I've gathered so far, um, Christians are colonizers, which I think we can all just like, we know that from history. Christians are colonizers. But um, yeah, in Canada, you see that with um, the church being a part of the cultural and actual genocide of indigenous people here. You see that similarly similarly in the States. And um, yeah, just this mentality of converting every person on this planet to Christianity um, and this like never slow down to consider that mission like mentality in churches um to me are like a couple of the factors that um it's like status quo is white supremacy and colonization because of because of that like we started on the wrong foot and we never like stopped to consider and so yeah keeping with the status quo is white supremacy because it's what it's built on yeah and I think that's like the danger um like it's interesting because it's like I would say that majority of North America wouldn't um identify as Christian Mm -hmm. but we've built our country on Christian values and that's Mm -hmm. still like very prevalent which is like but with you like that's called like colonization in that 
-hmm. So even like that's what's been kind of like blowing my mind is like how in ingrained it is and then and then and then it's not recognized or acknowledged particularly in christian churches um and i don't want to say not all but like a good a good chunk um and yeah i think it's dangerous when it's like we're saying in this church that this is the norm and what people should strive to be and everyone needs to assimilate to like that way of being Mm -hmm. which is another form of colonization I think yeah I think that dishonors God's desire and intention and diversity and like yeah I could go on and on about like how like God created diversity and created different cultures and different languages and he did that intentionally and Mm -hmm. it doesn't honor him when we try to make everyone fit this mold Mm -hmm. and it's a more quote access not accessible um acceptable way of doing it now and then but you think of like how horrific it was when christians did that not even like what 20 years ago which is wild yeah um but yeah that's something I would love to like well I think we're gonna try to get our pal to come on here and chat with us all about that but yeah yeah that's a big can of worms that I'm excited to get into totally I think too like um part of it as you're saying like churches won't even acknowledge that this has happened in the past and partially it's because like the number one oh the number one excuse that Christians say all the time is like oh those people weren't really Christian or like oh they weren't really like living the gospel or something but it's like yeah but they like were Christians (laughs) And it's a very, like, white supremacist thing to do, like, use the bad apple argument or to, um, like, say, oh, it's not me, it's not my fault that, like, my ancestors did this, um, people in my faith tradition did this. Um, so in that way as well, like, not apologizing, recognizing is keeping the status quo and also upholds white supremacy yeah 100 anyways excited to have this person on yeah i know <laughs> so i was like i have to hold back all my thoughts because we're gonna make this like very long but yes <laughs> um another friend put um people forgetting it's about worshiping and not following jesus and not the pastor oh well i said that very wrong <laughs> Uh, people forgetting it's about worshiping and following Jesus and not about the pastor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of ties to the cult of personality thing. Like, yeah. You start to follow a person and not the faith. <laughs> yeah. Or like the, the actual person that we're trying to follow. Um, the next one says uh, they can be clicky and less inviting. It can be easier to feel alone in the crowd. 
which I relate to this one a lot. Um, like again, having been my whole like Christian life being a part of a mega church. Oh man. Oh, <laughs> the things <laughs> that are coming to mind <laughs> about this comment. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. I was saying to Katie before we started recording, like I definitely thought that I was anonymous at church um yeah and it it is feel easy to feel like alone it's like me and my two friends who are here but no one else really knows who we are um and yeah if you're not a part of the mold I wonder if other churches have like a stereotypical like a quintessential Hillsong girl. Like, what does she look like? Or a quintessential Hillsong, like, millennial guy. Because for the church that I used to attend, like, you could see that there's, like, a quintessential person, how they dressed and how they, like, acted, um, which is very clicky and does feel less inviting because I didn't look like them. So what does that mean for me and my friends who also didn't really look like them? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. It's really true. I think we've all been, we've all had experiences like that where like, I don't really feel like I fit the aesthetic here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, not, I'm not hip enough or. Totally. It's very interesting because yeah I want to be like careful of I don't want to like drop um places or anything like that but yeah I had a like experience too in a church that I did the thing where like I'll just get really involved to try to like be in the community and da 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 but it always felt like no one really cared like it was a very clicky space Mm. and I was like oh like, I really don't want to have to buy one of those hats. <laughs> like, I just don't want to wear those. They're not my vibe. Maybe if I buy a hat, then the hipster hat, then maybe I'd fit in a little bit better. It's <laughs> so funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It's like the high school hierarchy is, like, still in play. Totally. I wonder if there's been um, (laughs) like sociological research on like the number of people that need to be a part of a group before like clicks like that start happening or like um, an agreed upon like ideal starts happening. So I could see that being a drawback of a mega church versus like being a part of a small church. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. We should. Sorry, <laughs> I was thinking we should dress up as like your stereotypical <laughs> hipster church for Halloween, just for fun. I'd like to see what we look like Dude. with those hats on. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if I should keep this story in. I'll keep it in. Um, but I was chatting with a couple of friends <laughs> recently. And we've come up with the name 
for <laughs> like the like Christian Christian like couple the young Christian couple you know how they dress like they dress in a very specific way like a young Christian couple and they act a way we just we decided that they should be called like Chris Toplin Christians <laughs> because they just like fit like the aesthetic of like a Chris Tomlin <laughs> like vibe you know what I mean yeah we need to brand that <laughs> I love that wow I hope they're listening right now because it's like been our favorite discovery of our conversations <laughs> this is the Chris Tomlin Christian <laughs> please take us in photos with the hashtag <laughs> Chris Tomlin Christian yeah <laughs> anyways tangent story Sorry, so many tangents today. <laughs> um, the last one is from another fave of ours that always sends us very long ones, but they're always like so good. So yeah. I'll read it, but we'll probably we'll probably have to bring it down because there's a lot of good stuff in this one. Um, so they said, I feel like trendy churches spend money on weird things like tubs for baptism. All you need is a tub or a lake or a stream. But instead, they're like, buy an old bathtub and paint a paint it and then buy a sledgehammer to smash it to pieces and then mod podge it back together for effect and then it leaks and then you have to replace the carpet not a juice story <laughs> mass churches how does someone new or on the outskirts of a mass church get a chance to talk with the pastor does it happen idk i guess i just said i don't know <laughs> sorry um i can't imagine attending and volunteering in a huge church for years and then the pastor doesn't even know my name although to each of their own i guess some people love it mass churches are for extroverts i think yeah um and then mass open baptisms how do you guys feel about them i literally heard people say that they don't want to do the whole baptism declaring and stories so they just decide to join one of those baptisms to get over with and the church is going to say we baptized one million people today in the field (laughs) And I'm like, but how many of those people are you actually following up with, doing life with? I thought baptism was supposed to be about declaring your faith in front of your friends and family. And it's not supposed to be an easy journey afterwards. Faith is a continuous struggle and you shouldn't have to do it alone. Church is the community for a reason. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. Yeah. I was at what came to mind about when you're talking about mass baptisms. Um, like when I was in Bible college, like, there's lots of, like, a guy came and spoke at one of our chapels, and he was, like, I went to this, like, this is going to be a very problematic statement I'm about to say, and we see the light, and we're going to be doing an episode of this, but anyways, he, like, was reporting, and he was, like, yeah, I just got back from an indigenous community in the north, and, like, 75 people, like, came to the Lord, and, like, gave their life to Jesus, and then I was, like, but you left, (laughs) like, so you just, went there and then you told them that and then you left like who's who's like fallen up who's like there after you just you're done like I mean we definitely we actually have like a podcast episode that we're gonna talk about short-term missions but um yeah I was like I agree like who is doing life 
well that's a whole different thing of like problematic Ugh. but this is it just made me think of like this situation but mm-hmm. it's true it's like mm-hmm. I don't know it's like it, then to me it's like you're just then you just care about the numbers and it visually looks good and like look at the lives that are being changed blah blah blah, blah. but it's like yeah do you know them are you like how are you doing life with them um yeah mass baptisms i feel like are interesting yeah it is especially ones that like like because i went to one one time like or as a church and then they had baptisms like normal like they went to the classes and whatever and like did the thing and it was like obviously personal and obviously the pastor knew them really well but then they they opened it up like at the end like anyone else want to come mm-hmm. and then like <laughs> like five random people like we're like yeah so like and which is fine if that's what you feel like you want to do in that moment but I don't know part of me is like do you go here like are you gonna (laughs) like who's following up with this person do they get like a gift at the welcome center like yeah I don't know like it it was kind of interesting like like I thought about that too of like I hope they're getting follow-up like it's Mm -hmm. I don't know it felt weird yeah it it's so interesting I don't think I have enough like actual solid thoughts about about it but it is interesting like I think about um the baptisms that were happening in the bible we don't really read about them we can't really read about them very much but I'm sure they're I mean we live in a different cultural context but like it's interesting to me Oh my gosh, I don't even know if I want to share this opinion because it's so unfounded. Like, there's no reason for me to believe these things. <laughs> but I feel unfiltered. Let's go. <laughs> the impression they get from the Bible is that they'll like dunk anyone. Like, I feel like in the New Testament, in um, not in the New Testament, in like Paul's writings, maybe he talks about like dunking people, like baptizing people left, right, and center, or something. Um because like they believe so you like get dunked and then you like get to live your life um so maybe that's where like mega churches are like getting this idea of baptizing everyone like all the time but at the same time like because we live in a different like cultural context um there's all sorts of baggage that comes with like doing mass baptisms in 2020 2021 versus like doing mass baptisms in the year whatever 36 <laughs> like whenever they were happening so yeah I feel like maybe maybe I see where this idea comes from but I don't think it's like translatable to the kind of lives that we live today yeah yeah well then I think it it also like comes down to what you're saying beginning about like the minimalist kind of look (laughs) I'm just gonna keep saying minimalist like faith but like because then like it's 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 just that thing that like oh my friend Barb Joanne and Becky are getting baptized like I want to get baptized too and like let's just all do it like there's just like the hype train like let's jump on the hype train without really sitting in like what it means Mm. and I appreciate like I remember I did summer staff um at Rockridge and a couple 
there's a lot there's a couple summer staff people that wanted to get baptized but then like soon like everyone like a ton of people wanted to and they were like our, our coordinators are very like it's important to do it with your community like not just here but the ones back home too so they mm-hmm. were I felt like they did a good job kind of processing so there there actually was only two people that did and then like a few people like people from their home like drove up to be a part of it and oh it's very special and it was really simple and it was just yeah I I was like this feels like really like good like you have people that are in your life that are there with you um and I'm kind of glad that they like cut it off from like okay all all of you like (laughs) let's Mm. just do it Mm -hmm. um yeah because I I do think like there's like a symbolic thing and it's it's like a cool thing like I I do love like baptisms and but I think that it's just it's supposed to be simple like it's not a production like that's the thing I think like the line of like does this feel like a production or does this feel like a thing that you get to share with someone in an authentic way and you like get to celebrate with them Mm -hmm. and and I don't like, I'm not saying you can't have that in like mega church settings, but I think it's like the, the difference I think is when it's like this mass, like anyone and everyone right. come up here and go for a swim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's funny. Like I'm just thinking about all of the people that like I have baptized or have like seen be baptized in these like mass baptism like events and yeah I don't know it's interesting it's hard because I'm like I feel like we tried our best to like keep living life with each other but I don't know it's hard to it's hard to be like oh I was a part of that and then also for me now I like see where maybe things kind of went wrong but also like there's a a lot of girls that I baptize that way so I wonder how they feel about it now yeah maybe we should do an episode on that (laughs) on just baptism but yeah Yeah, it's very interesting it's very interesting because like I'm thinking I'm trying to think of like my own like experience and it was really special to me Mm. and it felt it felt like my choice and it was like with the people that I really cared about in my community and um was a significant thing for me and maybe that maybe that is like someone's experience in like the mass like I think I don't know maybe it goes back to (laughs) wow what a loop but maybe it goes back to like what we were saying about how like God still does his thing even though it's like totally yeah meh (laughs) yeah but I also think it's okay to like question these things that we do (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I don't know I'm leaving I'm feeling unsure (laughs) yeah if okay if you are someone who (laughs) has been a part of mass baptisms if I personally baptized you <laughs> and you have thoughts about this I would love for you to reach out to me because I'm actually really curious um about how you feel about your baptism experience 
fun fact i was baptized in a hot tub because it was in the cold part of the year really yeah <laughs> it's fun yeah oh <laughs> i love that for you <laughs> thank you i wish i had that option it was a lot warmer <laughs> yeah it was pretty nice cool <laughs> do we want to do we want to do um one takeaway each yeah <laughs> do you have one in mind <laughs> yeah i do actually okay perfect. um i was thinking about um i still really think it's valuable to have community um and i think it's okay if it's not in a traditional quote-unquote way and I hope that people will feel permission to explore other options to find community that they need and Becca shouted out the garage church <laughs> which sounds funny it's like a band or something I don't know yeah it's so cool. garage church um I mentioned it before but that's just uh basically my roommates and I just meet on Sundays and we chat about life and faith and we sometimes watch a video or sometimes just like read or we just talk and it's been very fun and I really like it and then it's great because we're doing life together all the time so Mm -hmm. um it feels like a very real community and I think the cool part too is like um we all have very different um beliefs and not all are Christian and we have such like great conversation and get to learn a lot so yeah I'm excited for this like new I feel like something is emerging I know this is going to sound like very like new agey or not new agey but like very Christian-y of me to say actually but Mm -hmm. I do feel like there is um a revival even though I hate that word and I want to throw up when I say revival we went to Pentecostal Bible college so we're all about revival but I do think that like all of these things are bubbling up because I think that there's just been too much sin in, in our Christian spaces and it's finally coming to light, which is really hard, but I think that's part of like the reconciliation process. And I think, I think a new quote unquote church will be born out of it, which I'm excited to see. And I think it's going to be more, Back to the basics, back to minimal faith <laughs> where you're just doing life with people. Mm-hmm. So that's the hopefulness in me, I think. But love that. It's always good to be hopeful. <laughs> yeah, not usually. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what my takeaway is. I think this topic has been a big struggle for me. Uh, because I like love loved my church a lot um, and obviously like a lot of my friends are still a part of that church so it it's hard for me to like process this but I think uh, it'll boil down to like what I started this conversation with is like I just need to keep making decisions about like how I live my life, the things I consume, the things I purchase, the things I spend my attention on 
um, in a way that to me feels Christ-centered and um, if that means leaving the church that I've been a part of then that's like the right decision to make for me and yeah if I have like friends that are part of a mega church or friends that still like love mega church stuff I think something that I need to work on is not being rattled at them but just like acknowledging that this is a part of like their walk with Jesus and that's like valid too I love that a great takeaway for me also Becca (laughs) always challenge me to not be a dick (laughs) that's what I'm here for All right. <laughs> Man. Love a good pod up. Good job, Katie. Good combo. <laughs> good job, Becca. <laughs> Alrighty. See you all next week. Bye. <laughs>